Welcome to episode two of Solved, the D.B. Cooper hijacking. This podcast is brought to you by Principia Media, whose groundbreaking four-part documentary, D.B. Cooper, The Real Story, is available on iTunes, Amazon Prime Video, Google Play, and Vimeo. For more information, go to therealdbcooper.com. I'm your host, Dave Parsons. In this episode, we explore why Walter Recca hijacked Flight 305 on November 24, 1971, what he did in the days and months prior to the hijacking, and the detailed planning he did in order to carry out the only unsolved hijacking in the history of aviation. Previously, we learned that Walter was a two-bit criminal living in Detroit, Michigan, and that he was also part of a team of daredevil parachutists. We also learned that after Walter lost his job as an enforcer for Jimmy Hoffa, due to him being caught robbing a big boy restaurant on 8 Mile Road, he decided to jump bail and leave Detroit. After he crisscrossed the country, taking menial jobs, Walter ended up in Washington State. It was there that in January 1971, the year of the hijacking, Walter got a job with Vinell Corporation, a contractor that was helping to build the third power unit at the Grand Coulee Dam. Interestingly, Vinell was also a known contractor for the CIA. Why would a major contractor for the federal government hire an unskilled former barber for a skilled position as an iron worker on a job as important as the Grand Coulee Dam? Here's several clues. Prior to getting into trouble and leaving Michigan, Walter had applied for a job with the CIA. To get in contact with the CIA, Walter traveled to Elsinore, California to a parachute jump center there, where it was rumored the CIA actively recruited agents. During his time in Elsinore, Walter met a man by the name of Phil Q, a fictitious last name since we do not know if the man who met Walt is still alive. So for security reasons, we are substituting the last name Q for his real name. Now Phil Q took a special interest in Walter. We do not know if Phil actually worked for the CIA or was himself a contractor, but we do know that when Walt got into trouble, he would always contact Phil Q to get some help. During his time working on the Grand Coulee Dam, Walter lived in the small rural community of Heartline, Washington. He was living with a very demanding woman we are calling Carla to protect the reputation of the woman Walt was in a relationship with. Carla had a son through a previous relationship, and Walt had fathered an additional son with her. By all accounts, Walt was having extreme problems paying his bills. By November 1971, Walt was desperate. His relationship with Carla was not going well, and the more he worked, the worse his finances got. As Walt had said to friends years prior to the hijacking, he had often thought about using a parachute to commit a robbery. According to Carl Lauren, Walter had always talked to us uh, about using a parachute to pull a robbery, which sounds a little strange. With the upcoming Thanksgiving weekend about to start, Walter had his opportunity. His girlfriend, Carla, 
had made plans to visit relatives in the Seattle-Washington area for the days before and after the holiday. Walt often told his friend Carl Lauren there wasn't a plan, but there clearly was. It even included writing a hijacking note days prior to the hijacking, which clearly showed his intent. In the following clip, recorded in late 2008, Walt talks with Carl about the note. Walter speaks first. It just come to my mind that I did it. I didn't even know if I was going. But you did have a note. You did have a hijacking note. I still didn't know if I was going through with it. Well, I know, but I mean, there, had, there, was, a, there was a process. There wasn't any process. Now, I would have been better prepared if there was a process. Walter also purchased a suit, tie, tie-tack, loafers, and a briefcase at a thrift store. And probably the best part of the plan was driving himself to Spokane in order to take a bus to Portland. You went and you drove your car to Spokane and got a bus ticket, so there had to be some process. I was still unaware, Charlie. I was just numb in the head. Am I going to do this or aren't I going to do it? Yeah. Because you're dealing with two personalities. One that does it, one that don't want to do it. Who would expect someone to drive 85 miles in the opposite direction to get a bus when he could have chosen a location more convenient to his home in Heartline? Let's hear Walt discuss the ride from Spokane to Portland with his friend, Carl Lauren, in an audio tape recorded in late 2008. Carl speaks first. When you were on the bus going from uh, Spokane to uh, Portland, where did you keep the, uh, the dynamite thing? You know, between my feet and ankles. Oh, okay, you kept it on the floor. Yeah. Did anybody sit next to you? Yeah. Right there, but they got off in a little bit, you know. Oh, okay. But it wanted to go all the way to Portland. Yeah. It was a baby, a woman with a baby. Once in Portland, Walt took a room at what he refers to as a motel with a bar in the basement. In the following audio-taped conversation between Walt and Carl... They discussed the night prior to the hijacking. Carl speaks first. So then when you, uh, the bus took you downtown, I suppose, or something, and did you walk to that hotel, or how'd you end up in that hotel you were at? Cab. Oh, okay, so you took a cab from the, Gray, from the Greyhound station, we'll say. I, I don't know the name of the hotel, but when I used to work out of Portland, you know, would go in there to work when there was no work around anywhere else? Yeah. Right there. Uh, we always stayed at that motel because they had a bar in the basement. Right there. And they had girls uh, dressed up real nice, you know, shorts and nylons and all that in the bar. It was like a businessman's bar. It wasn't like I just picked the motel out of my head. I knew where I was going. The next day, Walt took a taxi to Portland Airport. But as the following clip shows, Walt still had doubts he was going to do the hijacking. Yet again, he shows intent because of the super glue style product he applied to his fingertips prior to the hijacking in order to avoid leaving fingerprints. Did you apply the, uh, the crazy glue in, the car, in your car at Spokane or in the bathroom or at the airport right there? First of all, you wash your fingers off with uh, uh, alcohol. Yeah. When you wash your fingers out, see, all your fingers are coated with an oil. 
So yes, Walt had a plan. But what exactly was his motive? In the tape-recorded conversation from 2008, as Walt remembers the events that happened in the airplane, Carl, once again, tries to get Walt to discuss motive. Carl speaks first. Once you got on the airplane, once you actually walked on uh, up there and they shut the door, you were pretty much committed then. I mean, yes. you could have backed out. You could have just said, well, screw it. I'll rent a car at the airport at Seattle or some darn thing, you know. But it would have been a lot more hassle. Basically, when you went up and got on that airplane, you were 99.9% committed then. Yes. Walter never told anyone about the hijacking. He knew if the authorities found out, he would be arrested. However... Later in life, in the years prior to his death in 2014, Walt began talking about the hijacking with the one person he trusted, his skydiving friend, Carl Lauren, who Walt knew would never tell the police. In the following audio-taped recording from 2008, Carl asks Walt why he was finally telling him his story. Carl talks first. Can you think of any more reason why you're telling this, this now? because we got into it gradually. It wasn't uh, like, uh, hey, Walt, uh, what about this? You know? yeah, I yeah. mean, this has been going on for a couple of years now. Yeah, a couple of years. I never told nobody. Right. You're, yeah, you're the only one. I mean, I don't feel that I'm exposed talking to you. And that's because uh, I, I've got, I trust you, you know. In the next episode, Walt and Carl discuss the actual hijacking and what occurred aboard the airplane. End of Episode 2. Solved the D.B. Cooper hijacking. For more information, go to our Facebook page, The Real D.B. Cooper, and like our page. On that page, you will find out more about the story of Walter Recca, the man who became D.B. Cooper. <laughs>